Support for this podcast is provided by That Cast Creative. Brand your business and connect with your audience by creating a custom podcast. Learn more at thatcast.com. What your job is as a leader is to empower people and make them feel like they have a say in things and that they can bring their ideas forward. And I really, really uh, push to have everyone feel like their voice can be heard no matter if they're you know, the vice president level at this company or they're an intern. Everyone can have great ideas and everyone can contribute to the end goals. So I think what we try to do is set the goals up front and they can be they can be metric based, like, hey, we want to have this many app downloads or they can just be you know, uh, culture-based, which is to say, hey, we really want this department meritocracy where everyone brings ideas. Dwayne, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, it's about time you had me on. Uh, yeah, it took us two years <laughs> to make, literally two years to make this happen. So, so Dwayne, you're the chief marketing officer of the Trailblazers, and, you know, we've known each other f- through a f- couple different jobs mm-hmm. you've had, and you moved up here for the role to Portland. So I just kind of want to go back and say, how I mean, your career has really been in sports the whole, your whole professional career. That's correct, yeah. So I just want to go back and where it started. You're this Midwest, we're saying, <laughs> humble guy from the Midwest. <laughs> but it started in baseball, right? Yeah, I think, um, so I went to school in Iowa State University for computer engineering, which lasted about a semester. And I thought, <laughs> well, this might not be the major for me. And I, then I spent the next few years wondering what I wanted to do. I got a degree or um, switched my major to journalism and really thought it would be in writing or in journalism, working at a newspaper or, um, you know, covering covering music in Rolling Stone or something <laughs> like that. Uh, my parents love that idea. So it's especially switching from engineering. But uh, once I started looking more seriously at jobs and realized you could work in the sports industry, even if you weren't good at sports. And since that ship had sailed, you know, long ago <laughs> with um, with baseball or anything like that, it struck me as really interesting. And I grew up in Chicago in the 90s in the Jordan era. Mm-hmm. So that was um, that was a big part of my life. I mean, we the, the Bulls were the talk of the town. They were winning mm-hmm. championships. They're the best player in the NBA. So I think this is a good moment to kind of stop <laughs> and remember the time that you stepped on my 1989 Air Jordans my shoes literally just exploded. <laughs> yeah, like so a Zion that, Williamson thing just happened. It so. didn't. So <laughs> there's some twist of fate in here that we'll figure out later. Right. And uh, again, send me the invoice. Yeah. I, will, I will figure this out. Um, yeah. So growing up, uh, growing up a big Bulls fan, and you know, my dad taking me to White Sox games, and so that sports had always just been a big part of my life, and and uh, so. After graduation, I started looking at internships in minor league baseball. That seemed to be the best route to get into professional sports and worked at a minor league team in, in suburban Chicago. And then that turned into another internship in, in West Michigan, Grand Rapids, uh, another minor league team, which turned into another internship with the Marlins. So that was... And you were always in... in mar- did you start in marketing? No, it was, it was like PR, t- PR. PR, yeah. Okay. So I, um, based on my background, that seemed to be the best fit. Um, was was that so it was a you know PR internship and I think at the time my dream job would have been to you know always do the team media guide because I was such a stat geek growing mm-hmm. up you know I would, I would fill notebooks with like stats and standings and things like that I was just a big fan of that mm. uh, growing up so uh, did the Marlins for a while that was uh, an internship that kind of lasted some time and then and then worked briefly at a at a publications website company in Minnesota called August Publications and they did 
they do a very famous minor league website called Ballpark Digest. So okay. I helped run that. And then that lasted a short time. And then the Minnesota Wild job came. And that was my first role in marketing. Um, I was mostly doing creative and publications and things like that. But but I started to have ideas that I could talk to the management team about. Was it related to social media at that time? Mm-hmm. Um, Facebook was really coming on and Twitter was so coming on. So what timing would this be? This like- would have been 2000. Six seven. Okay, so it's right about the time you know we thought there'd be some interest to to do things on social media outside of our own websites, right? Mm-hmm. Though that was interesting, and teams were really getting into at that time using their websites for more than just ticket sales. Right, uh, that was the original intent, I think, of websites. But teams were, were saying we can cover this, we can do this content ourselves. So we were building out that infrastructure at the Wild, and and then that and continued into social. And I'd been doing that for a couple of years, and um, and then the got an opportunity to meet with the Los Angeles Kings, which seemed interesting. My wife's from uh, Minnesota; she, she wasn't super thrilled about the idea at the time, but we, we you know we talked about it and just said, "Look, we're gonna I'm just gonna talk to them. It's, it's a great opportunity career wise, and you know it'd be interesting to just hear what they say." And I remember two things pretty distinctly. One was that. It was the director of digital job at the mm-hmm. team. So the, the role was going to be overseeing the websites and any mobile apps they wanted to create or or social media. And I was struck by the fact that the president wanted to interview me because that wasn't something uh, that happened that often, right? right. So yeah. uh, I'd never felt like digital ever had a place in the mindset of a president at that time because it was just always this place where you could go play and it was interesting, but we weren't making any money off of it, so why should they care? So, yeah, I met with both the president, Luke Robitaille, and then the chief operating officer at the time, Chris McGowan, and they were really great to talk to, and it seemed like they really understood digital and they were really excited about the ideas that we wanted to bring to the team. Uh, So... When I got home and told my wife that it was more interesting than I Moving thought. Moving to L.A. <laughs> Moving to L.A., right. So, yeah, I mean, fast forward a little bit. L.A. was a great time. We did that for three years. Uh, but I, well, I want to stop there because okay. you're kind of humble. I mean, during the time, the Kings won the cup, right? Yep, that was not anything to do with me, though. Right, but I mean, <laughs> part of that when you were there is the Kings got known for their, their social and mm-hmm. not your voice on social, your kind of um, describe kind of the voice you guys developed at the Kings and you got really well known for that. Right. Right. Um, so I think with the Kings, one of the things that we were struck with was how do we stand out in the marketplace? It's Los Angeles. It's there's, Plenty of uh, USC football was really good at the time. The Dodgers, the Lakers, the Clippers, mm-hmm. the Angels. I mean, it was on and on and on. And and the you know hockey in Southern California at that time was something you really had to make yourself known for. So yeah. you know we had talked about this persona that we could have, and we would always hear from potential sponsors. You know, the you guys don't have the same amount of followers as the Lakers. Hmm. So, like, of course we don't. Mm-hmm. But I knew that we could get the engagement numbers of those teams. And then I also thought that was more important than that number. And so for us, it was interacting with fans on social. It was having a personality. Uh, a lot of teams had their social media staffs underneath their public relations team, which I just fundamentally believed that it was a marketing thing because – it was about communication, but I felt that we could have a slant to it, especially during games when everyone is right on TV watching the game and then also following along on social media. We could be 
the biggest fan of the team and be the team. Mm -hmm. And that was, I think, a little controversial at the time. And it came out in a couple different ways. And we got notoriety for it because during that time is when the Kings really took their rise. And so more people were noticing. Mm -hmm. And we were also just lucky enough to have a president and ownership group that supported the idea. I think a lot of folks are smart. They just didn't have the keys the same way that we did. Yeah. So, I mean, you were successful there and... You know, how did this opportunity come to, to move up to Portland? Right. So then um, our uh, my boss, Chris McGowan, got the president's job at the Blazers. And um, so five months later, he had called with an opportunity to oversee marketing as a whole, which was not something I had a ton of confidence about. But knowing that marketing has become and continues to become more of a digital takeover, um, you know, he had convinced me that I think this would be a good opportunity. And so there definitely was some things to learn when I got up here. But um, but yeah, I mean, we've really turned a lot of the, the marketing up here from a very traditional linear based mm-hmm. marketing platform to something more digital. Well, let's talk about that more. Some of the specifics you got here, I know you kind of evaluated the market, you're new to Portland. And we talked a few years ago, one of the things you first wanted to do is just kind of like assess the, the fan engagement. And so what are some of the things you did when you first moved up here that you can share? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, having not worked in the NBA before or ever <clears throat> lived or been to Portland, I thought it would be a good time to start <laughs> learning the, the market, right? And so I, I knew what I knew from my previous jobs, but I didn't want to come in and bring the same template to Portland. And I knew I needed to understand the differences that were the city and the NBA. And so we would get a we would get meetings with new ad agencies in town and they would bring all these great ideas as they often do. But I never knew if they would resonate with the fans because I didn't know anything about the fans yet. Mm -hmm. And so our first order of business is really um, getting with a company and an an agency and really doing a thorough brand audit, which was talking to fans. It was talking to non-fans. It was talking to Timbers fans. It was talking to people in Portland, people in Coos Bay, people in the Dalles, and also talking to our staff people both that had been here a long time and people that were new to the staff and really understanding what it is that the Blazers were about and what they meant to the city. And there was so much that came from that. I mean, so many takeaways from from that that were really actionable that we brought. I mean, one of the examples would be, you know, people wanted our arena and our and our team to be unique. So we brought in, you know, local food vendors, for instance, to the concession mm-hmm. stand. So instead of having, you know, not good pizza that's concession pizza we would have said let's bring sizzle pie and they're a known entity in right. portland and no one else in the country can have sizzle pie in their arena and it and it resonated really well yeah i mean that's great i mean obviously growing up in oregon going to games since i was eight i mean the fan experience and the game experiences you've done an awesome job in your team thank you and so is are you five years in uh almost six almost yeah. six and so you know one of the things your team has been recognized by the nba you've gotten a couple of awards for kind of the best digital team or um, I know, again, you're humble. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to, but talk about how this came about and just uh, what that recognition means, not only for your, your team, but, you know, for Portland too. No, definitely. Yeah. I mean, the word you're referencing is what they get at the NBA digital or the NBA league meetings every year. And I, I, I appreciate that word a lot, a lot because it's voted on by the other teams. So mm-hmm. the other teams vote for, uh, the teams they think are doing the best. And, and we've won it four years in a row with the league, which, again, I think that means a lot because it's our peers recognizing us. It's our team that really understands each other and knows how to work and knows, basically understands the mission that 
all, all we're ever trying to do is engage our fans. So that if that's on Facebook or Twitter or in the arena or in our broadcast, that's that's what we're trying to do. And so to get that recognition and to have the team all have the same goal in that way is something that I do take a lot of pride yeah, in. That's great. And so a couple of years ago, you spoke at um, a kind of a leadership event I did here at Portland State University. And uh, I have people that went to that and still talk about your presentation. So you personally like moving here, you know, you had never led a marketing team necessarily before. So just talk about like someone who's, you know, leading people now. How's that evolved for you? Some lessons learned or how's it still evolving for you? Yeah, no, I think um, that's, uh, that's a really good question. So for us, um, the marketing, especially at sports teams is a phenomenal thing because you're such a small team yet big. I mean, in my role, I'm overseeing broadcast and retail and customer experience and digital and video production. And so you have more than probably any other department in a sports team, you have all these people with all these very unique skills. So you have someone who's great at 3D design. You have someone who can, who's a broadcaster mm-hmm. on the radio or on television. And so you have all these special talents. And I think what your what your job is as a leader is to empower people and make them feel like they have a say in things and that they can bring their ideas forward. And I really, really uh, push to have everyone feel like their voice can be heard, no matter if they're, you know, the vice president level at this mm-hmm. company or they're an intern. Everyone can have great mm-hmm. ideas and everyone can contribute to the end goals. So I think what we try to do is set the goals up front, and they can be. They can be metric based, like, hey, we want to have this many app downloads, or they can just be, you know, uh, culture based, which is to say, hey, we really want this department meritocracy where everyone brings ideas. Yeah. And so, <clears throat> has that been a shift since, since you, when you came up here? I think so. I don't think it was that way before, but I, I mean, I do feel like, you know, our department was a, was a smaller department when we got here and it's, it's grown a lot. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, I mean, I think we, as we've been forced to have, to have that be the case because of the growth of our department. Mm-hmm. Well, also want to talk about, you know, a lot of people coming out like, you know, maybe school are really interested in working in sports. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you guys have like an internship program, but what are some, what's some advice for people that want to get in the industry? And I know you took the route of kind of working way up for minor leagues and, um, no, what's what's some insight you can give? Yeah, I think that? I think I've been really lucky in one way, and this is this gets to the advice piece. But so I, while I did only last a semester in computer engineering, <laughs> I I did have a love for um, development, uh, coding, um, really understanding how how computers work and how how software works, and I still have that today. And so. I had no idea at the time that that was going to be something that was going to be really beneficial for a marketer to have. Yeah. But I think I was probably one of the first marketers, at least in sports, who wanted to be able to tie the dollars they were spending to revenue and wanted to understand how digital marketing worked. And I think the advice that I would have for folks is we are still uh, very much lacking people who have really solid, strong digital skills. And I don't mean... I don't mean being really good at Instagram. I mean understanding how digital works and how to how to measure ads and how to give attribution to to those types of things and understanding digital marketing in that really concrete foundational way. And we struggle to find those people. I mean, we're hmm. we're teaching them when they get here, but we don't often have a lot of people that come in. So hmm. for someone interested in a career like this, 
um, you would have a step ahead of anybody else if you if you brought those skills to the table. And do you think it's just the nature of the the market because it's it's you know the shortage of talent with the, the economy really good or just maybe I think combination. Uh, it's yeah. a good question. Yeah, I think um, I think there was a time in the sports industry where if you got a sports management degree, yeah. that felt like that was something you could have and you could bring that to a team and and that was fine. Yeah. I think what you're finding now is. If you want to work at a at a sports team, you you have to have a love and passion for sports, which a lot of people do. But you also have to bring some special skills to the table that are going to help you stick out from the crowd. Right? Like what are the things that you're going? Are you a, as I said, a three D designer? Do you have broadcast potential? Do you understand analytics? Do you understand digital? It can't just be a love for sports anymore. Mm-hmm. And so that sports management degree has less weight maybe than it used to. And I think we're still getting there. Yeah. So you heard Dwayne, don't go to college. It's a waste of time. (laughs) I think college is important. No, no, no. I think college is important. I think, I think having, um, I think having a love for sports is a good thing. And I think understanding the, the business of sports is important, but I think that really, you know, your degree could be focused on any number of areas that are helpful yeah, and, and yeah. bring that to the industry. Well, a couple more, you know, things before we go, I know you got to run is just, um, what are some things, uh, on the horizon for the Blazers from a business standpoint or a marketing standpoint, it could be even like in game experience that you guys are thinking of rolling out, um, that you can share or. Yeah. The, the two biggest ones for us are, and we're kind of in a wait and see mode and we'll react as they happen, but <clears throat> our sports betting, uh, mm. it's a very big topic, obviously in the industry. And so we're, we're understanding and or trying to understand how we fit in the equation, whether that's from a revenue perspective, how that will change viewing of games. People like Mark Cuban have talked about how the influence of sports betting will change the sport the way fantasy sports changed hmm. sports years ago. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of conversation that's being had at the team and league level around that. And and then also from a our content perspective, like how how do we cover that? You know, I mean there's always mm-hmm. been this interesting uh taboo to, to gambling and and so how do we as a as the entity as the team cover that so that's one of them and then the other is with 5g on the horizon um we think that can fundamentally change the in arena experience uh, so we're trying to prepare for that i mean that that you know the things that we could do with ar uh whether that's um you know graphics or stats on the court by holding up your phone or even holding up your phone to find the nearest pizza slice. You know, yeah. those are the types of things we're thinking about that could be really interesting. That's cool. I mean, going back to the betting, the content piece, I, didn't, I haven't even thought about that, yeah. right? And that's kind of a complex thing to figure out when that does happen. Right. All right, Dwayne, you owe me a new pair of Jordans. <laughs> yep, but. you got it. Send me the bill. All right, thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you.